0: Welcome to Lilypod episode seventy eight Living on Borrowed Light. Jeff and Kathy Tykert bringing you another episode of Lilypod a production of love in later years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Hello, Lillipod listeners, and thanks so much for tuning in. This week we want to touch on a topic that's very close to my heart, and it pairs really well with its complimentary video on our YouTube channel, LilyTube, and the title of that video is When the Spirit is Hard to Access, and it just came out, and uh, we got a comment from one of our Lily members, and I just wanted to share a portion of it. He said, today I really needed to hear this. This is in response to that video. It hits so close to home. It was exactly what I was going through. You guys together addressed every part of it. It is my answer to prayer today as I was trying to figure out why I felt the loss of the spirit. I was so struck by Kathy, your vulnerability that you shared on this video. It was just very, very awesome and that you had the courage to talk about it with such transparency. I don't think between the both of you that I've ever heard an apostle address this any better. Now, we don't know about uh, about that because there's really great talks by our apostles through the years, but that was a wonderful compliment, and we hope that if you enjoy this podcast you'll also go and check out the complimentary video which is uh, again it's titled when the spirit is hard to access and today we're talking about living on borrowed light
1: yeah there's a a quote i'm going to read you from president heber c kimball uh, at a talk given in the old tabernacle in 1867. so this has been around for a while but this is part of this quote is famous. He said, let me say to you that many of you will see the time when you will have all the trouble, trial, and persecution that you can stand and plenty of opportunities to show that you are true to God and his work. I want to interrupt for a second there and say that this is true was true for me and uh, and i think is true for many mid singles that i felt like i had all the trouble trial and persecution i could stand and remaining true to god was uh, was a difficult thing to do it asked a lot more of me than i felt i was capable of this church i'm back in the quote again this church has before it many close places through which it will have to pass before the work of God is crowned with victory. Now, let me again interrupt there. In we've talked lately about the straight and narrow path, and and I always had assumed before that that was that straight meant direct, kind of like a straight line, and I, I never noticed that it is spelled in both the Bible and the Book of Mormon. S T R A I T, and the original. Greek that it's translated from, uh, if you look up the the meaning of the word, it is literally a narrow passage, like the Straits of Gibraltar or the Straits of Magellan, uh, the Straits of Hormuz, whatever. It's a narrow passage. And it's interesting that Heber C. Kimball is is saying here that uh, that there are many close places through which it will have to pass before the work of God is crowned with victory. And so our road literally may be kind of windy. It may not be a straight line, but it, but we will have to pass through narrow places in order to uh, to reach our destination. All right, to meet the difficulties that are coming, It will be necessary for you to have a knowledge of the truth of this work for yourselves. The difficulties will be of such a character that the man or woman who does not possess this personal knowledge or witness will fall. If you have not got the testimony, live right and call upon the Lord and cease not till you obtain it. If you do not, you will not stand. "'Remember these sayings, for many of you will live to see them fulfilled. "'The time will come when no man nor woman will be able to endure on borrowed light. "'Each will have to be guided by the light within himself. "'If you do not have it, how can you stand? "'You will be left to the light within yourselves. "'If you don't have it, you will not stand.'" Therefore, seek for the testimony of Jesus and cleave to it, that when the trying time comes, you may not stumble and fall. Now, I can tell you there are times when it seems like the whole world is in commotion, such as even the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, it was shared all around the world. And at the same time, I also think that often our greatest trials are the trials that happen in our personal lives. And Kathy and I can both attest to this having been divorced, that there were many close places that we had to pass through or narrow passages, narrow straits.
0: That felt very dangerous.
1: That felt very dangerous.
0: Yeah. You know, these remarks given at the old tabernacle in 1867 by Heber C. Kimball, remind me of an experience we had with your oldest son who he bore his testimony at a family reunion. Uh, He was, he's the oldest of all the grandchildren. He's kind of like the Pied Piper. They, you know, all the teens follow him around and, you know, they, and all the, all the kids love him, you know, just hanging out with him. And. After all of the adults in the family gave bore their testimony, so he said, "Grandpa, can I just be like the one grandchild that bears his testimony?" And he had, a, and I, and he started. And by with, the way,
1: he is twenty, almost twenty-eight years old, yeah. so he is not a kid.
0: Not no. a kid anymore, but he's still my
1: kid. But he's not a kid.
0: A kid that love that kids love for sure, right? <laughs> like our kid that kids love, I should say. And you know, it's funny because he started. Um, off his testimony with a quote from napoleon dynamite and of course he would because he's an avid filmmaker and movie lover and he said the line that i want to, to to start with is get your own tots if you've ever seen napoleon dynamite this, this kid is eating tater tots out of his pocket.
1: Yeah, he put them in his zipper pocket on his pants. <laughs>
0: and his friend says, hey, lunchtime. give me some of your tots. And he said, no, get your own. <laughs> anyway, he spoke um, about the importance of getting your own testimony and not relying on the testimony of others indefinitely, as that is unsustainable for a lifetime and it won't carry us through the spiritual trials of faith that will require our own spiritual strength. And I, um, that's actually uh, quoted from our Lily letter, which we send out each week on the same day our podcast comes out. And so if you're not currently receiving that, you can sign up to receive it on our website. And we also have archives of all of our Lily letters. I believe that's going to be Lily letter number 66. So you can check out all the archives, uh, on a page that's called Lily letters. And, uh, that's all at loveandlateryears.com. And uh, for all our listeners, I hope you're all receiving that letter because we enjoy writing it for you each week. Um, and it usually pairs well with the podcast and the video right. that we do. Anyway, back to the subject. I just thought it was really interesting that he he was, in in a sense, he was saying exactly what Heber C. Kimball said. Right. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I pondered it a lot after he said it and of course, of course that clever line from the movie made it so I'll never forget it <laughs> um, but it you know I thought about like the parable of the wise virgins and how some were prepared and they were able to go in and feast and then others were left out because they weren't prepared right and You know, there was, and this is where I kind of want to talk a little bit about my personal experience with the spirit. And, you know, they say you want to make sure you're spiritually strong, that you, you build up spiritual reserves for hard times. And I believe I did that. I was going to the temple often. I was praying. I was reading my scriptures. I was going to church. I was doing all the things. And I was getting pretty regular revelation. And then I got really, really sick. And I didn't just get physically ill, but I, I got mentally ill with the physical illness. And I had a lot of really terrible anxiety. I had a lot of depression. And I I didn't I wasn't functioning well. And it was in my stomach, and there's a big gut-brain connection. And for anyone who's ever experienced a mild stomach ache, you might not know, but when it gets really, really bad, our brain stops functioning and uh it was scary it was really really scary and it took me a long time like several years to figure out how to manage what i was dealing with and uh, for anybody who's ever been diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder or something that affects your thyroids and your hormones that also affects i think our ability to access the spirit and it's really frustrating because when you need it the most is sometimes when you can't really quite reach it. And so through my life experience, I, I was thinking, you know, these thoughts from Heber C. Kimball and from your son, Jeff, I mean, they are, they're wise counsel. It is wise counsel, but it's not always possible to access the spirit. The way we want to even with our very best efforts even when we're not sinning and causing the problem ourselves and you know there's there's two things that i learned from this really quite horrific experience um i don't know jeff could you maybe speak to how serious this was for me
1: well i mean there were two things going on um one was she had three herniated discs in her back and it was excruciatingly painful i mean you literally it would be like crying on the floor every night in such pain that she couldn't deal with it and spending thousands of dollars on chiropractic treatments i
0: did everything i knew how to do to manage that pain and and it just kept getting worse
1: thankfully um, stem cell treatments and some priesthood blessings have really alleviated that entirely um, and then the second issue was and these were co-occurring uh, problems, but she had um, serious gut problems, um, you know, digestive problems and and all of that And if you if you don't know there's a gut brain connection, so she had, you know, issues with their mental health based on uh, on that. Because if your gut's not healthy, you're not gonna be healthy in your brain either. It's gonna be hard to see your way through.
0: Well, and on top of the physical part of my brain and my stomach not working, we wanted to have a baby. That's, that's actually something that we both wanted in a partner. We found it in each other and we started trying right away and in 2019, with all the stuff that was going on in my body that I what I didn't quite understand the severity of, we got pregnant and I miscarried. And that miscarriage was so rough. Like the hormonal changes, I just, I could hardly, I could hardly stand it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was rough for me too, just the the emotional side of it. But I, I wasn't dealing with the hormonal, the rapid hormonal uh, downshift that Kathy was. And well, so- and then
0: the... And then the the specific symptom of my stomach is that it would blow up to almost as if I were full term pregnant.
1: But every there's no day. baby in there every day, right?
0: I mean, how many gas babies have I delivered?
1: Way many,
0: hundreds, thousands. I mean, right. it's ridiculous. And um, yeah, yeah, I felt that unfairness, and it wasn't just how I was seeing it, because but it was also that physical problem with my brain even being able to work. So, you know, I just want people to know that when we talk about thought models and how we can shift our thoughts, we're not coming from this idealistic place of my brain's always worked well. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've, had to, I've had to do some of this work while my brain wasn't working so well. And, right. and we know that it's more difficult during those times. Much more. Yeah. So the two things that I've learned through losing the spirit – at no fault of my own and with plenty of spiritual reserve, like a a wise virgins. I had virgins I had, I had prepared and I actually did keep the spirit for what, about maybe nine months to a year. Yeah. But this went on for like four or five years. Right. I'm just coming out of it. I mean, to like, a, I think to a a big degree, I came out of a lot of it when we wrote intentional courtship and started Lily, but I've continued recovering from a lot of it.
1: The first As two we years can. we were married were the hardest, mm-hmm. and uh, and that, of course, was the time when we were hoping to establish our marriage. It wasn't the honeymoon we planned on, uh, but we, no. in we, fact,
0: we're more in our honeymoon now than we we could be then.
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's funny uh, when to think about about this situation um, because I I don't think anyone would given the choice would want to start a marriage with a severe health trial or something like that. But I've also learned through hard experience in, in my former marriage and uh, other times in life, but particularly then that your love isn't really tested when everything is hunky dory. Uh, it's tested when like Heber C. Kimball said, you're in those narrow passages. Those narrow spaces, and you're you're being put to the test, and and uh, so I think from the get go, Kathy and I uh, were tested very early in our relationship, and I think for us, maybe that was something we needed because we had both been through relationships that hadn't worked out, and and so we. Uh, we had an opportunity right at the beginning of our marriage to show that we could be there for each other in adversity and uh, and deal with some pretty difficult things when we didn't know each other as well as we do now.
0: Well, and you know, I uh, this actually reminds me of living on Borrowed Light because Jeff had known me for a couple of years when this all went down and it, you know, we may be new to marriage, but he knew me well enough that he was able to to remind me of who I was when I couldn't even hardly make sense of who I was. Right. And sometimes we all need a little borrowed light when we feel lost. And uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I just, I really want to share these two things that I learned about the Savior during this time. Uh Sorry, I, I think I got off on a tangent of my own. Um, but I just I want to get back to it and I want to share them in order. First, I learned that the reason why Christ healed people was so he could minister to them from a healed body.
1: Yeah, if you notice that happens virtually every time he heals someone in the New Testament, he heals them and then he and then he teaches them the gospel
0: right. and so, if you're experiencing some, experiencing some kind of physical or mental ailment in your life, and it makes it hard to feel the spirit, just know that, uh, first of all, I do believe healing is available. It just might not always be on our timetable. And I believe if if, if that if we're being asked to wait for that healing, there's probably something we're learning from that continued issue, whatever it is. And, and
1: and for some, they may be healed by being released from this life um, that ultimately, you know, it's their time and God has other things for them to do, which require well, them to move on. But,
0: you know, and I've heard that it said, and I, I really, I had a hard time believing this when it, when it was me not receiving persecution. Feel physical healing, and I knew I wasn't appointed unto death. But I've heard that if you're not appointed unto death, that physical healing is available. And of course, you know, like I said, it would it would really make me cringe to think that because I was thinking, well, I'm not receiving that. But like I, I, I if that is true, then the only thing I can think of is that where there was something I wasn't getting. There was something I hadn't learned yet. And one of the things I learned uh, was to slow down. And that that's just a, that me personally that's what God needed to show me is that I couldn't always be in control of how much energy I have. And so I had to honor my body's needs and slow down and rest when it's it's needful. And I and that but that's that's not one of the two things I learned about the savior. The the first thing that he healed people and then he ministered to them. And for whatever reason, that was important for me to learn as far as he, him goes. The other, and this is my personal favorite lesson from all of that pain and anguish and frustration, was that when Christ was going through the atonement for us, when he was put on the cross, he lost the spirit. And I never really thought about it. It just was part of the story I'd heard, and I' never really, really understood it until <clears throat> until I experienced that loss of the spirit and that I and I wanted that connection with heaven and I couldn't find it, and I couldn't get it no matter how hard I tried. And you know he he says, Why have you forsaken me? And uh, I think you know the exact words.
1: Yeah, he said, Aloy, 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 Lama, Sabatini," which means, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me?
0: And that's exactly how I felt during this period of my life. And it was so frustrating. And it always will be when I think about it. Uh, but it, it showed me how much, first of all, that I value that. And that I don't always get to control it and that our access to heaven, our our access to the spirit is a gift. It is absolutely a gift and that our savior himself who is perfect and at no fault of his own experienced that loss. And the only reason I can think of is so that he knows how we feel because every single one of us as humans would lose it for one reason or another. Sometimes maybe we'll go our whole lives and it will just be when we're sinning that we lose it. Maybe we'll never know what it's like to lose it at no fault of our own, but I know what that's like.
1: Right. And sometimes I think it's, it's tempting to say, um, to say things like, well, if I'm living right, if I'm keeping the commandments, if I'm righteous, then I won't lose the spirit because I'm living worthy of it. Well, there, there's a couple of things that we ought to say about that. One of them is what Kathy's just been talking about—that uh, you can have times when physically the the pain you're going through can be uh, diff- it can make it very difficult for you to actually welcome the spirit because you're so occupied with how much pain you're in. Now, I will say there were times I think in Kathy's journey when she would feel a a bit of relief after getting a blessing or something like that. And she was healed momentarily, but of course, not completely. And then I think, of course, in in recent months uh, and years, we have seen more dramatic healing in in her health. But sometimes God is trying to teach you something through suffering, as as Kathy talked about. Uh, For her, she had to learn that she's a human being, not a human doing and that doing is not what gives her value and that, that who she is, is what gives her value. Uh, and, and, you know, I think she's always known that intellectually, but I think it's different when you're learning it in your own experience. And I, I think it is, it is also important to note that aside from, from, uh, physical ailments and things like that. You know, there's that scripture in John 3 that I think that talks about the spirit goeth whither it listeth. You know, in other words, the spirit goes where it wants to go. Sometimes it comes when you're not expecting it. Sometimes it leaves when you're not expecting it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you haven't, you know, that you're doing something wrong. Uh, There are times when the spirit will decide that you need to figure this one out on your own, or there's something you need to learn from, from this that you can't learn if the Spirit is is just ever present. And so uh, I, I'm not saying that we can't lose the Spirit because of sin. Certainly we can, uh, but we all sin. And even when we are unrepentant sinners, we can at times have the gift of the Holy Ghost to, to be with us and help us to repent. And so um, I just hope everyone will think on that with a little more compassion.
0: Well, yeah, definitely. And we never know what a person's going through, really. So I, I, right now, at this point, I just have a lot of compassion whenever the spirit is hard to access when we really want it, because it's difficult. It's It can be soul... Uh, so devastating. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had a couple of thoughts when you were talking about how blessings are one of the things that one of the ways in which I lived on borrowed light as I needed to. And, you know, we're, when we're talking about living on borrowed light, we're not talking about forever. We're talking about as needed until we have our own. Borrowing tots, so to speak, from from our neighbors, or from those who have them, until we can get our own.
1: Right. Uh, well, and we grow up borrowing our parents' tots. You know, I mean, many of us that grew up in the church, anyway, we went to church and we believed in it because our parents did, and we trusted them, and that's that's great for a kid. I mean and I would say that to children of any faith, you know, that if they grew up in a particular church and their parents took them and they went along because they trusted them, well, that gave them a stronger foundation in life than if they hadn't had that. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but Paul also talked about how, you know, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, but now that I'm a man, I put away childish things. And, and so, and there yet sometimes
0: this. we revert to childish things when we're feeling trauma, when we have a physical ailment that puts our brain back into child mode. I mean, even for those who are old older and, you know, they get dementia or something else that causes their minds to not work as adults. I mean, there's things throughout our lives that can cause us to kind of go back to that childhood state where we we need we really need to be able to live on some borrowed light.
1: Right. So when we grow up, we need to develop our own faith and our own testimony of the Savior uh, because that is is progress. That's how, how we grow and we become more and more like God. Uh, and if we're still relying on our parents' faith at an older age, then that's not You know, that isn't a childlike faith in that sense. It's, it's an immature faith.
0: Well, and when I brought up the, you know, the exceptions, you know, the, the, but I'll, although I do think this happens more often than not, when we have some reversion in our lives at some point where we, where we go through a crisis of some kind, um, or we go through some physical problem or mental problem that, we sometimes end up needing a little of light then, but we can go back to what we've gained during the good years, during the good times, during our mature periods of of growth, and we get to we get to go back to that once that trial is done.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that when I think about things I experienced, I remember. Uh, during really one of the worst p- parts of my life and my divorce journey, I I was talking to a former bishop, and at the time, I, uh, I couldn't get a temple recommend because I had gotten behind on my child support when I was severely underemployed. And I, I talked to my bishop about everything that I was going through, and he said, remember that God has not forgotten you. And I remember thinking in that moment, well, of course, God hasn't forgotten me. I know that. Uh, Maybe my former wife has forgotten me or would like to. Maybe, you know, maybe a lot of other people have lost faith in me. But I don't think God has. Now, I wasn't really feeling the spirit much in that period of time um, because Uh, I, I was in severe emotional pain and, and I wasn't getting the level of comfort that I was accustomed to getting from the spirit. And, and yet I, when you needed it, sure. And yet I still believed and it was still an anchor, even though I was in pain. Um, I knew God had not forgotten me and that, you know, somehow this was all going to work out for the best. Um, but I, I couldn't, you know, I I had a hard time seeing very far ahead.
0: You know, it's interesting that that's your response. Because when people would say, or when a blessing would say, God has not forgotten you, I would, there is a part of me that's like,
1: When you really? going to show up? <laughs>
0: well, like kind of like, really? He, he hasn't forgotten me. I'm going to have to take your word for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think... um I want to read the borrowed light part of the quote from Heber C. Kimball again, just the the one sentence. The time will come when no man nor woman will be able to endure on borrowed light. And it follows that saying, each will have to be guided by the light within himself. And then a couple of sentences before that part of the quote, Heber C. Kimball said, Uh, that, that people need to have a testimony. And he says, if you have not got the testimony, live right and call upon the Lord. So he's saying, do your best to live the commandments and trust in God and live right. So live right and call upon the Lord. So pray. I think scripture study is also a way of calling upon the Lord. So... Live, live right and call upon the Lord and cease not till you obtain it. And mm,
0: Jeff, I actually remember uh, day after day, week after week, month after month, even year after year thinking, why bother? And right. yet I wanted it. So I struggled on, I It was a struggle
1: right and as the as the five foolish virgins could tell you you know in the parable that if you wait until the wedding is happening to prepare and you run out of oil in your lamp then it's going to be much harder to find that light to have that light and so if you're in a good place It's a good time to prepare for a time that might be harder because we all go through those in our lives. I mean, I've been through very hard times and I don't pretend that, okay, now I'm past that life's going to be easy from now on. No, we all, we all have stuff. We probably all have some stuff all the time. And then, you know, we go through particular periods where life is hard. So even if you're in a good place, it's important to prepare. And and like Kathy said, if you're if you're in a difficult place, that's the time to really cleave unto the light that you have.
0: Yes, and have people who love you remind you of the light that you've had and that it can return. That that's I guess my main message is that light can return to us when darkness is prevailing for a moment yeah and for us as humans when it's days weeks months or even years of torture (laughs) of darkness it can feel never ending but in the eternities in the grand scheme of things it really is a moment right and then when that light comes back we see it all so much more clearly and uh You know, I I hate to digress, but I I did want to bring in like kind of a silly but poignant example of how how it can sometimes be a little bit difficult, I guess, when we're first building our testimonies to have the testimonies that we need to build them.
1: Right. Because
0: just like when you're young and you need – a job but you need a car to get a job but you need a job to get a car or you need or you know when you go to college and you need experience to get work but you need work to get experience right. it's like this ironic thing that kind of keeps you feeling like a little stuck right uh, and yet somehow in some way we all eventually have jobs and cars and experience right <laughs> so yeah. i guess Maybe we could apply the same thing to the gospel learning and the spiritual capacity that we're developing that, you know, we just know it all ends up working. And this is where I think borrowed light is so helpful. I mean, if you think about it, the reason why we all end up eventually with jobs and cars and experience is because our parents supported us until we had that. Right. Or at least until we could muster enough enough of our own strength to provide that for ourselves. And I guess really what I'm suggesting is that we do the same thing with wise people, that we trust in people who who we know and we see are operating with the spirit in their lives. And maybe we get priesthood blessings when we can't hear God's voice in our lives. And you know this just reminded me of a very important thing that I was thinking when Jeff was talking. And I'm so glad it came back to me because I wanted to share that I believe we came into this life with all of the answers we needed for all the problems we would experience. Right. And it's in our intuition. It's in our gut instincts. And I think one of the things I learned from not being able to access the spirit was learning how to access the answers that came with me. Right. Really tuning into my body and standing still enough that I could harness some of that knowing, that knowing without knowing. Like if my brain can't work, maybe there's some part of me that knows that isn't in my brain or that isn't, you know, getting all messed up with the mental health issues, you know? Right. And I, I do think that I was able to find some of that.
1: And how did you find that?
0: Well, like I said, becoming still. That's, that's the thing I had to learn a lot is to just slow down and be still and listen. And it didn't always feel like the spirit the way it traditionally was for me. Right. And it was hard for me because we had our prophet saying, how do you feel the spirit? Constantly asking that question. And I was like, I don't know anymore. And that was hard. It was really frustrating. Right. I mean, I thought it was a fabulous thing for him to encourage us all to do is to know how we feel the spirit. But for me, at that time, I just felt frustrated.
1: You know, Kathy, there's something that, has been called to my mind and you know i remember a scripture that was kind of passed around my mission a lot while i was out there people would be worried about their families and there was this scripture in doctrine and covenants section uh 1 you know section 31 verse 5 and it's it's talking about If you look at verse three, it's talking about the hour of your mission has come. So you're, you know, it's talking to missionaries. And then in verse five, it says, therefore, thrust in your sickle with all your soul and your sins are forgiven you and you shall be laden with sheaves upon your back for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Wherefore, your family shall live. And. I remember missionaries tossing that scripture around while I was on my mission and saying, you know, I, I've worried about my family, but I know that if I do the best I can while I'm here, they'll be taken care of. They'll be blessed. And a couple of thoughts on that, on that principle you know i knew a couple of people one of them from my own hometown in my mission who lost their father to death while they were on a mission so his family didn't live at least not all of them and while my son was serving a mission and i think was was doing his best uh, and had gotten on his mission despite some kind of difficult trials um, you know, had really stood up and tried to, um, to do, to do a great job and had gotten out into the mission field. Well, uh, I was divorced for the second time while he was on his mission. I was laid off from my corporate job while he was on his mission. So question was I, was he not doing well enough to deserve the blessing of me not getting divorced or not getting laid off from my corporate job? What What do you think, Kathy?
0: I think it is an erroneous judgment to say that our actions will always produce a certain result.
1: Right. I mean, I, I look at both of those things, getting divorced for the second time, um, Now, I know my son was worried about me. His mission president's wife called me to check on me and said, oh, your son's really worried. And I said, you know, uh, strangely enough, I have peace about it. I feel like it's for the best. Please tell him to focus on his mission and not worry about me because, you know, uh, I'm going to be fine. And... Uh, I had to actually move home with my parents for a short time. Uh, after I got laid off from my corporate job, I moved back to Utah and I, I moved back in with my parents for a short time with my second son. Um, and and we were, you know, I, I was starting all over again, starting a law firm. And I remember praying a lot that I would have things sorted out. So by the time my son got home from his mission, I'd have my own place. And, and I did. Uh, by the time, you know, I was able to, to pay off a car that I had just bought in six months. I was able to, I was richly blessed, had my own place by the time my son was home from his mission, so he would have a place to move in and wouldn't have to live with grandma and grandpa. And and, uh,
0: and you, we were dating.
1: We were dating at this and
0: time. And I gave you my mattress when I bought the new <laughs> one to support the back that was hurting. That's right. And your son ended up with that mattress.
1: My son had that mattress <laughs> for a year. Um, and then m- when we got
0: married, he and his wife inherited a really nice bed because then you
1: which I had bought because my back was hurting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so we had two beds that were great for backs and we didn't need to anymore. <laughs> right.
1: Now, if I look back on all of that, I'm sure that I know there were moments when I felt forsaken or felt like, you know, I really wasn't being blessed. But as I've said many, many times, uh, it was a blessing that I got laid off from my corporate job. I'd probably still be out in, in uh, Houston running oil and gas titles if I hadn't been instead of having a job now that is so much more fulfilling to me and where I see so much more of a sense of purpose and where I use my advanced education to a much greater extent than I, I would be if I was still out running oil and gas titles. And I'm probably making more money than I would be making if I had continued doing that. I also have Kathy instead of, you know, my second marriage, which was kind of an uphill battle from the get go, and uh, and I'm not gonna go into that because of respect for my former wife, but I look at those things that looked like they were tragedies and and they've turned out to be tender mercies. So, did my son get did 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 I get blessed because my son was on a mission at the time? I may not have been able to see it, but. I know I had enough faith that ultimately all things were going to work together for good for me. And what is that? Well, it's the light within myself that tells me that. It's mm-hmm. the light of Christ.
0: And this has really nothing to do with anything, but just for the sake of accuracy, we actually weren't dating. If you no, remember we were when friends. Yeah, when your son came home on a, from his mission, it was the a year to the day before uh, or sorry, it was a year before to the day that he came home, that we got married, but we weren't dating. Right. We just were really good friends and, you know, friends give each other mattresses. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. When their sons don't come home for missions.
1: And Kathy actually got a substitute for a violin uh, performance she was supposed to do to come to my son's um uh, when he reported his mission and sacrament meeting.
0: Which was really cool because it was from the same pulpit that you shared your
1: report. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And then um, for those who of you who haven't heard this cool story, uh, a year later, after we got married, he married his sweetheart on the same day. So right. So May 11th of 2017,
1: 18, and 19 are all uh, very special Yes, that's a super-duper nursery <laughs> in our family. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was a time when, when I found it hard to feel comforted. Um, but I did have a peace within myself that, hey, I had been in tougher places than this before. And I had been. Uh, and I just knew within myself that I was going in the right direction, that... Um, God had a plan for me and that that things were going to be okay and then I worked really hard really really hard to help do my share in bringing about God's purposes in my life and and I think ultimately you know our family is better off because we went through those trials
0: yeah I I agree and you know, it seems like you were living on borrowed light to the extent that you were having faith that light and goodness would return to your life.
1: Well, it was borrowed from the past, but it was still light within me.
0: Well, and I've um, talked about borrowing from the future, too, uh, because I think often we create the stories of our lives from the facts of the past, and if we do that, we'll keep recreating from those stories that are focused only on what we've experienced in limitation. Right. So for instance, for any of you who may not be married yet, uh, if you keep t- thinking, it never works out, I'm always attracted to someone who's not attracted to me or vice versa. Uh, then you'll keep attracting that and creating it more and more. If you can step into the future you want and start telling the stories as if they are happening now meaning and and it, and it needs to be believable but if you can so in that that instance you would say i am attracting someone who i adore and am attracted to and who is attracted to me and we mutually choose each other right if you could believe that that's the kind of imagining that I would like to encourage our listeners to be doing because we have limitless futures. But if we base what we're creating on our limited pasts, that's not always going to get us where we want to go. Now, I think you might've been referring to light has been in my life before it can come back. Is that what you were referring to?
1: Well, in the situation that I described when my son was on his mission, Honestly, I didn't feel a lot of turmoil. It did feel like a tragedy at the time that, oh my gosh, I'm back to the drawing board again. But I did feel inner peace about it. And I think that was a result of having that faith. And I had seen myself go through losing everything before. Um, so you including were like, I can do it again. Including a marriage. Yeah, and I, I yeah. thought, well, you know, I I got through it once, I'll get through it again with God's help. And I really believe that it's in the wilderness where we meet God. That's where the children of Israel saw the pillar of fire that guided them by night. You know, that's where Jesus went and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And
0: if you think about it, those are all quiet, still places.
1: <laughs> right. And, you know, I think it's it's um, it's really a compelling kind of a vision to think that whatever happens in my life, God is with me, kind of like God was with Joseph when he was sold into Egypt. we we read in that account that God prospered him everywhere he was because, um, because he knew God. And so he prospered him in prison. Well, how do you prosper in prison? Well, he was made the head prisoner He prospered as a slave. How was he prospered as a slave? He was made the head slave. He was put in charge of his master's house. And ultimately God delivered him from those situations. Um, But-
0: And sometimes those hard situations can even bless your life depending on your situation. Like for me, when COVID happened, it's like the world slowed down to meet me where I was in my slow motion state of being. Right and it seemed that as the world recovered from that i did too yeah and it was a nice reprieve for me from feeling like i was missing out on everything happening now i i I didn't of course i don't love that it hurt and killed people i mean that was that's, that's that's devastating of course and I was really sad when things got canceled, like for people who didn't get to actually graduate with their senior class. That's so sad, you know, Um, so that that part I didn't like, but in just in in that, in the overall energy of the, the Earth, and how we all slowed down. It was a gift for me, because I was feeling so behind and so left in the dust, because of all how much I had to slow down to function. Right. Or not function,
1: <laughs> right?
0: you know, because I wasn't functioning. Um, but yeah, it seems that with any circumstance in life, God can be prosperi- prospering us even when it feels like a trial.
1: You know, I'm reminded of a friend right now that's, that's in our prayers. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, at a, at a pretty young age, like 20, 21, 22 years old, uh, newly engaged, and started having some physical symptoms and got diagnosed with MS. Uh, and, you know, he saw a miracle a few years later, it went into remission, and for 25 years, he's had no symptoms, which is very unique. I mean, doctors say, oh, we've never seen this before. And so he was a, the recipient of a miracle in that. But uh, he and his wife had a child uh, that also had a severe neuromuscular kind of disease who died uh, at age 21. And, and really that was a miracle because when she was born, uh, you know, the doctors said basically she's got two years and she lived 20, more than 20 years. And so there was another miracle, and then you know the way she departed this life and everything. There were miracles associated with that. But you you look at this family, this good man and his wife, and incidentally, he teaches about miracles.
0: Yeah, in fact, let's um, put a little plug in for his YouTube channel, which is uh, you, it's called you, miracles. Yeah, yeah. So look on YouTube for miracles, and it's Doug Crockett.
1: Yeah, um, and you, you'd think that that this. Um, poor guy had 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 enough you know that he's had enough trials in his life and uh, and then he recently lost his job and uh, he's been public about this or I wouldn't be saying it Um, but I think gosh you know I wrote him a message today and said um, you know I I think you teach about miracles you make movies about miracles and now You're about to get another one. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know that this must, this loss must be making space for something better. And so, I mean, I, I really, uh, I I really truly believe that um, because he's a person who loves God and all things work together for good to them that love God, even though he's had a lot of things in his life that, you know, were not his fault <laughs> a lot yeah. of
0: well and you know it seems to me that with every loss <clears throat> of course we have to to grieve our losses and we have to fill our feelings and all that that is important for our, our mental and emotional and spiritual health but it seems that if we can see every loss as a sacrifice that has been made in our behalf to make room for something better right we can almost be a little excited to see what kind of blessing will come from that
1: well i mean i think about when i lost my job uh you know as i talked about a minute ago something much better uh, and more joyful was waiting in my future uh, not just the job i have now but also um, being married to kathy uh, and having 2 stepsons in the in the uh, bargain. You know, and I'll. Oh, go ahead. And and uh, I think deep down, something in my spirit knew that this was for the best, that it was going to work out, and feeling peace. And where does that come from? I think, like Heber C. Kimball said, it comes from the light within yourself, with having that connected to God. And even if you're not feeling the comfort or the light at that moment. There's a certain serenity because you have known it for so long and been the beneficiary of so many spiritual experiences that you you just kind of know deep down inside.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and if you've had your own thoughts, if you've had your own spiritual experiences, then you know they can return and you can remember that when it, feels a little hard to access. And, you know, I I think just what you were saying, uh, I just kind of want to finish up this podcast, if you don't mind with like sharing that after experiencing the miscarriage and the herniated discs and the stem cells were A a year-long process to activate. In fact, at first, like the sciatic pain that was going to my foot started shooting to my head and out my arms and all over my body, and I was like, "Oh no, what did I just do?" (laughs) But ultimately, it healed my body, and it was regenerative, and it was miraculous. And and then we healed my gut, and we figured out my diet, and now I know how to manage all this stuff. I know the medications, I know the supplements, I know what doesn't work because I've tried a lot of those (laughs) things, Right. you know. Uh, But what I'm really getting at is that after all of that loss, after all that pain and frustration and anguish and the loss of the spirit for myself, it seems that right about the time in March of 2020... when you said, hey, I have this idea for a book. Mm -hmm. And I I started writing it when I was single, but I didn't think I could finish it. And now I started working on it last night. And Kathy, I think it's got real possibilities. And he told me about this book for mid-singles and how we didn't have enough resources when we were mid-singles and we need to create some. And I just felt the spirit of it and I got on board and we started writing and in
1: about four months we wrote the
0: entire book, Intentional Courtship.
1: Her comment was, I want in.
0: <laughs> yep, I did. I was laying on the couch and I had no energy and
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know why, but I said I want in and we started writing and we wrote and we wrote and we wrote that whole summer where everything was canceled and the COVID had slowed down the whole world. And, uh, I definitely had an energy crash after that brilliant stroke of inspiration <laughs> that just kind of flowed out of us. Um, and then, you know, it took us a full year to recover from the writing and get, you know, all the stuff ready to publish. I I, I kept getting frustrated because I was like, I want to get it out there. People <laughs> need this. We needed this, you know, but it, it didn't come out till November of 2020. One, And I really wanted it to be November of 2020. Actually, I mean, quite frankly, I wanted it the second we'd finished writing it, but there's <laughs> so much to publishing a book. But anyway, we just appreciate everybody who listens to our podcasts, watches our videos, reads our articles, people who've um, bought and read Intentional Courtship. There's been some miracles come from it. There's been some marriages and some, uh, some faith uh, being... Restored. Restored and fear being released, which is really exciting. And then... That light
1: rekindled.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, we went on to get training as life coaches. And recently, we've been doing advanced coach training to even better serve our clients. And so for any of our listeners out there that would like some personal assistance with being able to receive support, maybe while you're not feeling is supported by the spirit or by life as you are accustomed to, we would be happy to help. Right. So just reach out and um, we're on all of our social media and uh, our g- email is love in later years at gmail.com if you want to email us. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, just remember that when you are feeling at a loss to access the spirit all think of all the ways in which you could live on a little borrowed light from those that can provide it for you
1: yeah seek wise friends who are loving and strong and don't be afraid to reach out when you need when you need a, a friend and
0: or a priesthood blessing that, right. those are so helpful
1: and let that light be rekindled in you yeah Thank
0: you so much for listening and just remember that any time is a great time for more love in your life. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.